With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, everybody. We're locked and loaded on a Thursday edition of the Lombardi line as week three of this NFL season kicks off tonight. Giants in San Francisco taking on the 49ers a little bit later. Welcome into the Lombardi. Party. I'm Stormy Tony. We are coming to you from coast to coast as always. And uh, Michael, always a good feeling when we got Thursday night football, football on our screens today. Yeah. Don't you love that? Your week is perfect. We get, I, I said this on the podcast. We get to look at Al Michaels. Does anybody tie a better knot than Al Michaels? Seriously. I mean, his tie is perfect. We get to see his tie. Herbie all, you know, looks at it the whole time. And then we get a game. I mean, I think it'll be a good game. All good games going to complain. I'm not going to become Will Hill and complain about the game on Thursday night. I like it. No, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm a 40 fan. Always liked when you can hopefully yeah. add an easy W to the scorecard. You know, knock on wood there with the, the oh, easy part. There. I said no knock on wood. W's. I said knock on wood, Michael. Jeez Louise. There's but no listen, we do have a double digit spread here. We do have a Giants team that's coming in without their star running back in Saquon Barkley, without their starting left tackle. In fact, four starters for the Giants are going to be unavailable today. A couple of them on that offensive line. And on the other side, Evan Neal, who has been one of their you know early first round draft picks that hasn't lived up to potential. So I feel like there's a good chance that this San Francisco 49ers team could feast, particularly when it comes to that defensive group and Nick Bosa leading the charge. San Francisco, a 10 and a half point home favorite tonight. Michael, uh, seen some 11s out there as well. Total 44. You know, I, I, I think to me, these Thursday night games, because they happen so quick and there's not a lot of time that, you know, there's so much and it's a national game. Mm-hmm. There's so much momentum. You know, you prepare for these games in the offseason, right? So you kind of have an idea. And I did not think, and you know, you're a fan, I didn't think the 49er defense was as dominant against the Rams as I thought they could be. I thought the Rams offensive line blocked them. And, you know, they did a good job of at least handling them for three quarters and then the game kind of fell apart. So the Giants, look, the Giants cannot get this. When you play San Francisco, it can't be a 40 pass game. It cannot be. I know Matthew Stafford threw it 55 times. If Daniel Jones throws it over 40, they'll lose by two touchdowns. And obviously we saw, you know, what Daniel Daniel Jones put the team on his back to win that game against the commanders. I'm just not sure that. 
we're going to be able to see that type of production again. Like it was, it was really one quarter of stellar football from Daniel Jones, despite what we saw six quarters of not being able to get the offense on the board, period. Um, it's just, it's one of those matchups, Michael, that in my head, it feels too easy. It feels like a trap and these yeah. sports books are alive and well for a reason. So they wouldn't put this number up where it is unless they felt confident in it. And double digit spreads have largely when it comes to ATS trends worked their way against the big favorites in these spots because to your point to start off the show uh no games are easy in the nfl it's a different animal no no in the fourth quarter is if you're in the lead and the clock's your opponent you don't care i mean look at think about the game that the week the first weekend the colts playing jacksonville jacksonville covers and so when we look at that three weeks from now we say oh boy jacksonville did a great job no they had the ball at the one yard line indy could have easily got it in jacksonville didn't let them do it but certainly it could have happened. And these games in the fourth quarter, there are very few that are that get away from like Buffalo against Oakland, against Las Vegas last week that just got away or the Giants and the Cowboys. Those are few and far between. Usually it comes down to a play here and a play there that'll get the mm-hmm. double digit spread. I will say this. If, if the Niners are up into the fourth and it's all passed for Daniel Jones, that's when the turnovers happen mm-hmm. and that's when they extend the lead. And that's when maybe, you know, that prop that we talked about yesterday, could there be a defensive or special teams touchdown for the 49ers is a plus 450 price in our little why not Wednesday that we had going yesterday. That's when something like that could potentially come into play. Um, I do have a bet in this game, Michael. I went ahead and bet San Francisco minus three in the first quarter. You do have to lay a little bit of juice. It was minus 125 when I bet it. But based on how good I know that San Francisco does with those opening game script drives, like they are able to just yeah. force their way down the field at will for those first drives. They've scored on both of them uh, to start the season in their opening two games, had a seven to three or a 10, nothing lead in both of those games as well. I feel fairly confident that they'll be able to march down the field and do that here early and take, take at least a field goal plus lead into the, the second quarter. Any thoughts there on that one? I'm looking at the giants who have had first quarter deficits of 16, nothing and seven, nothing. And, you know, I, I really feel pretty confident that this San Francisco, Francisco defense can at least hold Daniel Jones down for a quarter. They, they can't play. F- I mean, the, the one thing, if you're Kyle, you're saying to yourself, we got to start fast. We got to start fast. We've got to get the lead and make them play from well, behind. That's how that's they the like to play, right? The, the San Francisco 49ers, they love exactly. the lead. Exactly. And that's how, and that's how the giants have the giants. If they get the ball to start the game, they can't go three and out and punt. They've got to, they got to get some points and it's hard. Now, the good thing is, it, you know, it's a 5:20 kick on the on the West Coast. Not all the 49er fans are in their seats yet. You know, it takes a while because of traffic, all that. Maybe you, and if you can start fast without the crowd noise, then it's a good thing. But they have to. If you play from behind in this game, the, the Rams didn't. The Rams were able to do that. The Rams had it almost 17 to 10 and a half, and they they made it 17-7. So with that one yard quarterback sneak with one second to go in the half, but that's the way you have to play. These good teams. If they if you play into their strength, which is pass rush, then a ten point lead becomes a twenty point lead. Gut feeling how tonight's gonna go? I think it'll be a close game. I'm I'm a little bit like you. I think to me those ten and a halfs are hard to cover. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I would lean away from them. I, I don't I don't like this one. I don't like Thursday games because of the injury reports and how health because even guys that aren't on the injury report might be still sore. You know, I did not think Purdy played his best game last week. I thought he missed some open throws. So he's going to have to play better. 
I think this is a hard game for the Giants, though. But I would, you know, if I leaned anywhere, I would lean towards taking the 10 and a half and see what I did. My numbers on this game were exactly, exactly. I had 10.3 line spread in this game. Okay. And uh, also, just since we did give all the injury updates for the Giants, also one for the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk is questionable. They're going to run it all the way up to game time. We saw him get dinged up uh, each of the last two weeks, but mostly last week, the shoulder against the Rams. So we'll see if he's able to get there, but it looks like trending toward no. Fortunately, we know that San Francisco has a lot of other offensive weapons, but Ayuk has certainly been a bright spot to start the season. Jennings was good last week, Stormy. Mm -hmm. I thought Jennings was good last week. He filled in for him, did a hell of a job. We uh, will continue to cover the bases when it comes to Thursday night football throughout the show. We have Giants reporter for the New York Daily News, Pat Leonard, who's going to join us early in hour two. Um, we'll also have Mike Palm, VP of operations here at Circa Resort and Casino for the final half hour of the show today, breaking down just different betting angles, Circa Survivor and millions as well as Palm's pressing three. And a little bit later, in about half an hour or so, Mike Somich, professional handicapper and VEASAN host, he'll be on the program to give his best bets in the NFL and college football. Now, Michael, at this point in the season, I know we're only starting week three in the NFL, but we've got happy teams and fan bases. We've got unhappy teams and fan bases. But if there's one thing that at least 32 franchises around the National Football League can agree on is that it's thank goodness we are not the Chicago Bears. They have had a lot of things going wrong right now on the field and off. And I'll give the folks at home just a brief timeline of what transpired yesterday, because I feel like we got some news that trickled in while we were on the show. Then after the show, I'm just getting constant notifications about different things that are going on. But basically, your quarterback in Justin Fields talks to media yesterday, kind of throws the, the coaching under the bus a little bit, talking about how he hasn't had the freedom to be himself over coach. Eberflus comes on to talk about the quarterback, then declines to comment on the D.C. situation. Alan Williams, their defensive coordinator, goes on to resign for what he said was health reasons. But there were crazy rumors that were going all over the place to the point that their general manager, Ryan Poles, today, had to address that they were not factual and that there was no police raid at Hallis House or at Williams' personal home. And then Fields yesterday also reassembles the media to kind of walk back his comments. And it's just, it's coming from every direction, Michael. What is going on in Chicago? And you left out the football part, right? So the, the left tackle goes on IR. Eddie Jackson, their best safety, he's hurt. He may not play this week. Their left guard is already on IR. They had to move their center white hair out to left guard. And they put Lucas Patrick in, who kind of had some missed snaps last week. So, like, it's all falling apart. Oh, and by the and way, you're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Yeah, you got to in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. In Kansas City. I mean, yeah, it goes from bad to worse, right? So, look, forget the quarterback issue because we, I don't want to spend any time talking about that. We, I've, I've beaten that horse to, to no end, but their defense isn't good enough, Stormy. This is what was making me crazy about this. They could win the wet. They could win the North. You know, they're really good. Their defense is, look, when you run Eberflus's scheme, the only way you can survive is your front's got to be really good. Your front's got to be really good. And you got to be really fast on defense. You don't have to have great size, but you got to be fast. And because you're fast on defense, you've got to be able to create turnovers. And those are the things they can't do. It's not about you. The, uh, the opponent has to fall apart for you to be really good. And they fall apart because you're able to pressure the quarterback. You're able to control the line of scrimmage. And this team, this Chicago team, can't do that. So that's a problem for them. You know, and people continue to move the ball up and down the field. When he was in Indianapolis, people moved the ball on him. It wasn't that you sat there and said, oh, my God, this Eberflu scheme is great. 
No. You said they turn the ball over. They're really good at stripping the ball. They're really good at creating turnovers. If we protect the ball, we'll move it. And and this is what's happening this year. No, that's a great point. And it's for as many issues as the Chicago Bears have on offense, and we have listed them ad nauseum, the defense can't stop a nosebleed at this point. They are a 12-and-a-half-point underdog in Kansas City for a reason, despite the Kansas City Chiefs not having the normal explosive offense and weapons that we're accustomed to seeing from that group because Chicago can't. They don't the odds makers and betters alike don't expect the Bears to be able to stop any of that that power that they have. So um, it, it'll be an right. interesting one. That's that's but, one I'm contemplating for Survivor. That feels like the easiest one of the week to me. But if you want to save Casey, I, I, down I would the have line. a hard time thinking that Justin Fields can go into the way, especially what you didn't really talk about. The most important thing is this this chief defense is playing the best mm-hmm. I've seen him play. In a long time. Performed. In a long time. They held Detroit to 14 points. Performed right? at a and high they, level, yeah. They really did a great job against Jacksonville. Excellent so, job. Those two good offenses. We're going to take a quick time out here when we return. Looking at some more headlines around the National Football League in no way or no doubt. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Thanks for hanging out with us here on the Lombardi line. Guys, it is time to put our VEASAN experts to work for you this football season and start betting smarter when you get a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up now and save 10% off a VEASAN Pro annual subscription when you use our promo code Lombardi. Get full access to everything we do. That includes our daily best bets with the leaderboard where you can see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for each and every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. It'll save you 10% off our VEASAN Pro annual subscription. You can sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt. All right, no way or no doubt. Let's get into it. Looking at some of the big storylines in the NFL and college football, seeing if our guy Michael agrees or disagrees with the way things have shaken out. We'll start with the running back position because, Michael, while we learned this offseason, it was a bad time to be a running back when it came to the NFL's pay scale. We've also learned through these first two weeks of the NFL season that, A, it is pretty healthy. To, it's pretty difficult to stay healthy if you are an NFL running back as well. So no way or no doubt, Michael, these early season injuries. We've seen Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins done for the season, Saquon with an early injury. These early season injuries at the position have validated this offseason's running back market. Well, it validates, there's there's no doubt it does, but it validates the need to have two. That the position is comes with high risk. And you should say since it comes with high risk, it should come with higher reward. The problem is you need two of them. And you need two players that can really play well. And like Minnesota. When Minnesota had Dalvin Cook and Madison, that was a great one-two combination. Madison alone, maybe not so good. They bring Cam Akers in, who averaged less than two yards a, a carry for the Rams. But I think you just the reason the market's never going to increase is you need to. You need to. And it's hard to pay two marquee players. I mean, look, can the Browns overcome Chubb? Yes, but they have to play differently. You're not replacing Chubb. Chubb's the best back in the league. You're not going to replace them. So, you know, you just have to figure out how that's best, and you've got to add pieces to your team. Hard to do. I, I don't think this is going to change at all. I really don't. This market of of uh, running back, the way they're paying, run, this is not going to change. Yeah, I'm with you there. And as for the Browns, we'll see what, without Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and Kareem Hunt, their newest addition, can do there. The Miami Dolphins currently sit atop the AFC East, Michael. They're 2-0 with both of those wins coming on the road. Tua Tungavailoa leads the league in passing yards right now. He spoke to the media this week about his team's outlook for a title. Take a quick listen. We feel that that the city of Miami is, has been waiting and they're, they're ready you know, for, for a championship. You look at the Heat, um, you look at the Panthers, the Florida Panthers. I mean, all those guys were able to, you know, to, to make it to, to the final dance, um, you know, and they were able to do special things throughout their seasons. And so, you know, we're kind of trying to trot along that, that line and, and sort of follow, follow the lead of those guys. Aiming for a special season. No way or no doubt the Miami Dolphins are legit Super Bowl contenders, Michael. Uh, no doubt. I mean, their defense needs Jalen Ramsey back. I think that certainly will help. But look, they, they played two good games. They won two road games. You can't take anything away. They ran the football effectively, something they didn't really do last week. So they showed more balance. They're under center more. But they're going to stub their toe eventually. Their defense was not been great in two games. I mean, both teams had chance to win these games. You know, it's funny. We get so carried away with the W. 
I mean, the Chargers had every reason to win that game, and the Patriots have the ball and an opportunity to at least tie the game. So, but yet, now we're anointing them as a dominant team. I think there's no doubt they have a chance, but they're going to have to play a lot better defensively. Play better defensively, and this is a team that's ceiling probably is as high as their quarterback's health, so see if he can keep it up. The line has played much better in front of him so far. Miami, a 13-1 to shot to win this year's Super Bowl, sixth on the odds board. Let's go to college football, Michael, where we have got a couple of big yeah. ones this weekend, one of which will be at Otson Stadium out there in Eugene, Oregon, where the Colorado Buffaloes are coming to town. They're 3-0 and to start the season. They had an upset win as a massive three-touchdown underdog week one against TCU and have continued to keep it rolling. They are, however, going to be without Travis Hunter, their Iron Man, coming in to Oregon, a team that themselves has been really, really good here to start the season. No way or no doubt, Michael, that this Colorado Buffaloes team and head coach Deion Sanders are going to get humbled by the Oregon Ducks this weekend. Uh, no way. I don't think humble's going to be what happens. I do think they'll they'll have a hard time, but being humbled, no. I don't think they will. They're a good team. I mean, they're a good team. You know, everybody wants to say, I told you so, I told you so. Even if they lose, you're not telling me anything. They're a good team. Like, one game doesn't make a season, one loss doesn't make a season. So, I, I don't really see that. I, I think, to me, there's no way that, that even if they lose, this is a good team that's going to be hard to play. Now, they got to stay healthy. They got to stay healthy, and that's going to be that's going to be a hard thing to do. Betters absolutely have loved Colorado to this point. Uh, did not pay off for them last week against Colorado State. Obviously, a close game that went to overtime, and Shador Sanders had to pull off some heroics. But a 21 point spread here so far, and I feel like whereas the public is jumping all over that plus 21, we've seen some sharp betters that really, really love Oregon, trying to get them at the shortest number that they can in this spot. Uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting one. The Pac-12 is so good this year, and nobody really anticipated. Colorado being in that conversation yet here we are uh, let's go to the other big game of the weekend and while Colorado and uh, and Oregon are actually the highest bet game over this top 10 matchup Notre Dame and Ohio State are also going head-to-head and despite Sam Hartman and this fighting Irish squad being off to a tremendous start in Ohio State kind of looking a little bit questionable in some spots early on the Buckeyes are a three-point favorite on the road in South Bend coming up this week Sam Hartman has been tremendous, Michael, but no way or no doubt he'll have his Heisman moment this Saturday against Ohio State. No doubt. I mean, Sam Hartman's played in tough games before. He's played in big crowds before. And so I I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. And I think he's a really good player. I would be disappointed if he didn't play well in this game. I really would. I think he's prepared to play well. They've got a good team. I think their offense is good. And I think he'll be really good. I really do. 1,061 yards, 13 touchdowns, no picks to this point for the Fighting Irish quarterback where he sits on the odds board 10 to 1 to win this year's Heisman Trophy. Where do you think he stacks up with that group? I think he's right there. In fact, I I just did McAfee's show and and I asked McAfee to start the show. You know, I mean, he's into college football. He's on the, he's going in, he's going to the game. And I'm like, if he plays well, do you think he can win the Heisman? And he was, yeah, sure. Because I mean, the the, the PR that you get, I mean, Barbershop, my father, 96 years old, every $20 he puts in on Sunday, he thinks it goes to Notre Dame football. I mean, (laughs) it's a, it's a religion, right? And they're going to get a lot of votes. And this kid's a good player. It's interesting though, Stormy. As I watch the college landscape, right? I mean, Nick Saban takes the quarterback from Notre Dame because he t- hired Tommy Reese. 
right? Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame takes Sam Hartman. If Nick would have taken Sam Hartman, things would have been a lot different. I'm sure there's a lot of woulda, shoulda, coulda going on with the Crimson Tide right now. Yeah, uh, well, that comes down to the evaluation. I mean, they took the guy that the coach knew. They took the guy that the coach knew. Yeah, he's going to be – no, no. Sometimes you get too close to the fire. Sam Hartman, again, 10 to 1 the odds board. Caleb Williams remains your favorite at plus 360 over at USC. Michael Penix Jr., 5 to 1, seen his odds significantly cut down. Quinn Ewers, Texas, 7 to 1. One more quick one. Uh, the, the New England Patriots will miss the NFL playoffs for a second year in a row, Michael. No way or no doubt. Uh, no way. I think they're better. I think they're going to, I'm not going to give up. If they lose this week, I would say no doubt, but okay. no way they will lose. I think they're going to bounce back. Look, they've been in two games. They've had chances to win both games. So I, I feel like they, they got to get it going and they got to get it back and they got to stop beating themselves. They move the ball. Their problem has been from the opponent's 45 to the, to the 15. They've turned the ball over in that area way too many times. Two and a half point uh, favorite against the Jets this week after starting the season 0-2 at home. Okay, I got a fun one for you, Michael. This weekend, I am going out to Philadelphia. Yeah. I have the number 20 Miami Ooh. Hurricanes going to Temple. So no way or no doubt, you're all, you know, the Philly stomping grounds. Geno's is where I need to get my Philly cheesesteak this weekend. No way or no doubt. No way. No, no way. way. No way. Where to? No, where no. to? Don't be a don't be a tourist. Do not be a tourist. <laughs> do not be a tourist. You cannot do that. Well, if help you're me go out. Anywhere and it's not. Oh, you know, I'll help you out. I don't know that, that there's there's other cheesesteak places, but you got to go experience South Philly. You got to go to a Angelo's Pizzeria. That's the best place to Ooh. go if they're open on Sunday on Saturday. Hard to get in. Hard, always a line. Great, great spot. You got to get in there and. And then the other place is Tony Luke's. They make great sandwiches at Tony Luke's, and that's over on uh, on Oregon Avenue. So you need to go. Those two. That's my two recommendations. I am an Italian, so I'm not going to turn down the pizzeria here. But I'm very surprised that my I'm going to Philly, and you say no, don't be a tourist, don't go to get it's the cheese whiz. Move no, on. no, no. I'm giving you the best <laughs> advice. Now, if you were in Ocean City, you can ask Ken and Des. I would take you to Vault Tacos, which has closed. I would tell you there, but. Uh, you know, that that was that was by far the best cheesesteak ever. Okay. All right. We got the inside scoop. We got to take a break here. When we return, we'll get more thoughts on Thursday Night Football, NFL, and College Talk with professional handicapper Mike Somich. Don't go anywhere. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Got another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's great matchups. Walk away an instant winner. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and use the code Vegas to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use the code Vegas. The crown is yours. This is another one of those days when I wish we had like the VSIN plus plus subscription in our commercial breaks. We're also going over the air for some folks because the survivor conversation has been very, very fun here as we have Mike Palm VP of operations here at Circa Resort and Casino joining us. Um, Before we get to Palm's pressing three real quickly, I'm sorry, real quickly. I just wanted to make sure we had um, where the money and bets, everything's flowing on Thursday night football tonight for the folks at home. Uh, Well, it's San Francisco. Um, We haven't seen too much buyback on the Giants. I don't know if it's going to get to 11. I think there might be some unders. 
Uh, first half, we're going to see more under money here. But the Giants really slow starting uh, in both of the games. And maybe you'll see some first quarter, first half San Francisco money as well. But it's hard to make an argument for the Giants, even at 10 and a half here. I, I am one of those people that took the 49ers minus three in the first quarter, just getting them <laughs> off the gate strong. OK, let's get to it. Palms pressing three. Mike Palms, three most important questions for Michael Lombardi on this Thursday afternoon. Well, I think everybody knew I would start here. The Bears fell to Tampa Bay on Sunday to go 0-2 to open the season. Meanwhile, our hero Justin Fields ran his career record to 5-22, tied for the second-worst 27-game record to start a career in NFL history. After playing in a trance-like state for three and a half hours at Shea Culver House, later in the week, Justin had an epiphany. It's the coaching. They are giving me too much information. Conjuring up Sammy Davis Jr., he said, I got to be me. Michael, I ask you in all fairness, are there players you've dealt with in the course of your career where less is more? Can you overcoach them? Can you give them too much information? And is this applicable, applicable at the quarterback position? I do think you can give a quarterback way too much information. However... It, it, a lot of it isn't about the pl- it's about what to prepare for what to see you know what are you seeing you know the corner lines up a little bit outside you know his leverage is different when he's in this format when he's there than it is in this coverage so you're kind of like inundating him with a lot of information monday through saturday but when the game starts you're not and what the bears did in that game if you watch the tape the game plan's simple you say well that's really problem you know because they're not giving Justin fair enough to let him run. No, they have to make it simple. And I would urge all these Twitter people that are coaches uh, that think they're Don Coriel on Twitter and they think that they have all the answers. And look, I'm not defending Luke Getze. I don't know him at all. But I like those people who are defending him. I like some of these these people that criticize Matt Canada that just you know look at Matt Canada's numbers and have never coached or played. They've just looked at numbers and think he's a disaster, why don't you call plays? What would you call? What plays would you call for Justin Fields? Because when you look at your sheet, the reason you're calling screens is because you know you can get a completion. You may get a completion. You call anything else other than that? Maybe an in-cut away from three by one. You got a chance. If the linebacker moves off of it and he can move the linebacker, you got a chance to hit the in-cut. But there's very few things that you feel comfortable calling when the game's on the line. And, also, and the guy's a turnover machine. Like, I don't understand how people defend him. We had Femi today. God love him. He's over there defending him, saying they have to run a different offense for him. It's 27 starts. What offense would you like to run? Do you want me to go call? What would I asked Femi this question. What would Bill Walsh do with Justin Fields? See, no one can answer this question. What would the greatest quarterback coach in the history of our game do if he had Justin Fields? And there's really only one answer. Everyone, please go make sure you check out the Finding GM the shuffle today. I want right. that. I want that debate with you and Femi. Would he try to convert him to another there was position? No debate. Yeah, he would. Well, he wouldn't have drafted him because yeah. remember the reason his delivery was loose. He's not accurate. It's it's what you said about Watson. I love Watson coming out. I would have drafted Watson. And when I went back and watched Watson on the first throw, of the game's a bad throw. The kid should have caught it, but it was a horrible throw. But when you watch Watson at Houston, what, what he overcame was some of those bad throws because Will Fuller made throws that made catches down the field for him. And we kind of forgot about some of the bad plays. When you don't have that big explosive play, you forget the bad ones. 
Question two, Michael. While the focus of the entire sports world has been on Coach Prime's remarkable turnover of the University of Colorado football program, 30 miles southeast in Denver, the Broncos have lost their first two games at home, in both of which they were more than a field goal favorite. Sean Payton was quick to assign the Broncos' struggles last season on the historically bad coaching job of Nathaniel Kent Hackett. So how do you explain the struggles of the Broncos early and how quickly will Amal Shaw declare the success and Super Bowl title in New Orleans was all about Drew Brees? <laughs> well, that's going to happen. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure he will. Ver- I'm sure probably this afternoon at 430 he will make that declaration. Uh, look, I don't think the Broncos are nearly as good defensively. I think when you look at their personnel, you know, this team doesn't have some of the players we thought were good. They lost Jermont Jones. They don't have Bradley Chubb. Randy Gregory, they signed. I mean, Alex Singleton starting inside linebacker for them. They're not good. Kareem Jackson, I don't know how he's not suspended this week. I really don't. Two weeks in a row, he's really, and everybody's complaining about Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick's a dirty player. He went low to tackle a big running back. You have to do that sometimes. I don't think that was a intentionally dirty play. It's an unfortunate play, and I feel badly for Nick Chubb. I don't want to see him hurt. But, the, you know, what Minka did on two plays against, you know, knocked two guys out basically with a head-to-helmet-to-helmet. To helmet. I don't know how you don't get suspended for that. I mean, you get suspended for betting a game inside the building, and yet you don't get suspended for almost hurting a player. Like, I don't understand it. So, to me, I, I don't think the Broncos are nearly as good defensively as they are. They can't really play. I don't think Javante Williams is back. This game's going to be critical because they've got to run the ball to kind of keep Miami off the field. And Russell's got to play well. And look, we know Vic Fangio's going to do a good job defensively. This will be a hard game for them. But Sean's, Sean inherited a little bit of a team that wasn't as talented as we thought they were. Who has a better chance of returning to their former form, Michael? Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Watson, maybe. Mm. I don't think I see people think Wilson's playing well. I don't. I'm not one of those. I think he's got great numbers. You know, a lot of it is the scheme related. Had a chance to when he has a chance to make plays, he doesn't make it. You know, part of the job of a quarterback is, you know, and I pick on Justin Fields. Well, like Matt, let's take Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been in a lot of games in the fourth quarter. He hasn't been able to deliver a play, hasn't been able to make a clutch throw, hasn't been able to get his team in the end zone to win the game. Like, that's the job of the quarterback. Well, you could say, well, this and well, that. Then now we're starting to make excuses. Guys that do that are the reason they get paid $50 million a year. Guys that don't, don't get jobs. Michael, I want to stay at mile high for question three, and let's go to the two-point conversion attempt that ended the game. Uh, Russell Wilson tries to hit Cortland Sutton. Benjamin St. Juice has them all but in a full Nelson. He didn't interlock the fingers, but no call at the end of the game. Gene Steratore was very emphatic. That's got to be called. Remember just a few short years ago, the NFL experimented with allowing one challenge to be about pass interference. Was the ending of that game enough justification to go back to that rule? Yeah, you have to. I mean, it just can't. How does he not call that? How does he not call that? Like, it's ridiculous. You, let me ask you this question. If, if our man Scott Novak would have been referee in that game, <laughs> what do you think he would have called? Oh, abs- huh? oh absolutely. I mean, Scott's going to be at your uh, – Scott's uh, – where is Scott this week? I think he's in, uh, he's in Jacksonville for Houston. You know, they'll enjoy him. 
Be, that's why there's a sellout probably in Jacksonville. See Scott Novak coach the game. I don't understand how they get away. The most critical play of the game they don't call. The guy's mugging them. How about Ron Torbert? I mean, both games he's been in, he's like retiring to chambers for deliberations on these very complicated, the poor guy, the lawyer. I mean, it's incredible. It was, it, it's like Brad Allen in Seattle last year with the, the catch with Devontae Adams. Nine and a half minutes he stared at the replay. Remember when they first had it after 90 seconds, the screen goes black. If you can't make a decision in yeah, 90 seconds, stick to the call. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes when I don't see the evidence that the TV shows, they still overturn yeah. it. I mean, like, I don't know if the guy got – I don't know if, if Cole Strang got the first down against Miami. I don't know. I thought he did. They called it on the field, but did you see evidence that he didn't? I never saw that. It's really hard. Just like when Watson fumbled on the fourth down play, how do you know where he got possession of the ball back under the huddle that it wasn't a first down? I, I and no then idea. you go back and play the quarter over again and all that. It, th those are decisions they're making without clear and indisputable evidence. <laughs> yeah, and it, it hasn't gotten any better. It has not gotten any better. But, you know, who I told Stormy we have Sean Hockley tonight. So buckle in. It'll be a long game. There'll be a lot of calls. Tonight. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a good one, though. Uh, 49ers. Big favorite against the Giants tonight. We'll see if they're able to keep it close, at least early, potentially. But I don't really see it happening. First, that's just my two cents. Uh, for Mike Palm, Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonatoni. That's a wrap for the Lombardi line. Pablo Torre coming up on DraftKings Network and the Shark Money crew here on VSIN. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.